Hello, and welcome to New Day Christian Fellowship Church Podcast, where we worship, connect, equip, and serve. We're so glad that you're joining us. Our prayer is that you allow today's message to minister to you so that you can become all that God has called you to be. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy today's message. Hey family, I want you to know this is my favorite time of year. Have you just noticed how people are always excited? Everybody's happy. For the most part, (laughs) you're getting good customer service. People are greeting one another. It's that time of year of Christmas, the time of our Lord and Savior's birth, his arrival on this earth. So let's pray. Gracious God in heaven, we come before you. Very thankful, dear Lord God, for this opportunity that you've given us to grow, to learn more about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, your son. And so, Father, we thank you for loving us so, for sending your only begotten son, Father. And my prayer is that today, tonight, this evening, whenever anyone is listening, that, Father, there will be an impartation, a deeper understanding for those that don't know him, that they will come to know him. For those that have already received him, they will have a deeper understanding of him and, and will deepen their relationship with him, dear Lord God. So, Heavenly Father, we give you alone all the praise and all the glory. We thank you for this Christmas season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, family, uh, I'm excited to share with you guys the title of today's uh, this sermon for this particular Christmas is O Holy Night, O Holy Night. And that was a very special night. But I And many of you guys know the story, but I'm praying that you're sitting around with your family. And if you don't have them, go grab your kids right now. Uh, grab uncle and auntie, call somebody and let them know. Because I, I really want us to have a deeper understanding about Jesus and his coming. One of the things that my wife Jackie and I would do when our boys were little, they're all in their 30s now. My oldest, Lavelle, he's 40. So he's the old man in the group. But we would always uh, share the Christmas story before opening the gifts, uh, before uh, just starting the celebration. And uh, we always celebrated, but before we would always tell the Christmas story, I really wanted them to understand the significance of what had transpired. Do you know that the coming of our Lord and Savior, that was one of the most significant events in Earth's history? And all of those most significant events uh, de- uh, involve him. And so, you know, it was not only his birth, but later on his death and then his resurrection. And uh, but today we're going to talk about his birth. Now, what I want to do, I want to show his birth uh, that it was prophesied. It was foretold over 700 years before he came. In fact, I'll share this with you. For every prophetic word about Jesus's first coming, there are about eight that talk about his second coming. So if Jesus came the first time, you know, if you're a bedding person, (laughs) um, rest assured he's coming the second time also. Amen. That he's coming then. So um, let's jump into this. Go with me, please. Isaiah chapter seven, Isaiah chapter seven. And we're going to look at verse 14. I'm reading from the New Living Translation today. Now, this was 700 years before Jesus came. And we picked us up in verse 14 and it says, all right, then the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And it's significant because I know sometimes people say, well, it means uh, when you read this in original Hebrew language, it is the virgin, meaning that was a specific virgin that was going to give birth to the Lord. And, and I want you to be aware of that because I know some people have misconstrued that and said it wasn't true. It was, she was just a handmaiden. That's what that means. But when you read this in the original Hebrew, and it was also quoted in Matthew chapter one, 
that Jesus would be born to a virgin. Okay. And so go with me, please, to Isaiah chapter nine. And let's look at verses six through seven. And remember, these were prophetic words given over 700 years before our Lord and Savior. And it says here, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. Now, think about that. God gave us his only begotten son and he was born as a child. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Verse seven, his government and its peace will never end. I cannot wait for that. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor, David, for all eternity. And uh, this is dealing with the second time when Jesus comes. The passionate commitment of the Lord's heavenly armies will make this happen. And so we can see the prophet Isaiah and there's other prophetic words that speak about Jesus, even prophetic words speaking about where he was going to be born. And uh, even the wise men at the time, they knew that a, a particular signs, they knew when to come and, and to Bethlehem and, and to see our, 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 our Savior. And so that is exciting for me. And as I said before, for all the prophetic words that spoke to his first coming, there are about eight that speak to his second coming. And what we want to do is be prepared for when the Lord returns again. Now, I want to do something here, too, is go with me, please, to the book of Revelation. Yep, the book of Revelation that talks about the end time. Now, let me explain to you. Let me give you the context about this book. So this was written about 60, 65 years after Jesus had died and resurrected and gone back to heaven. It was a, a prophetic book, a vision given to his disciple, John. John was the last apostle uh, of the 12. Uh, to, he was the last one to live. I mean, last one to be alive. He was the last one to die. OK, so go with me, please. To chapter 12. We're going to pick this up in verse one. Now, this is John 60 years after Jesus had gone to heaven, looking back through eternity past. OK, and now he's going to see this for Jesus's birth from the spirit realm perspective, okay? So now we have the Old Testament, 700 years prior, we just looked at Jesus's uh, birth, and now we're gonna look at John taking a look at it from the spirit realm perspective, okay? It says here, uh, verse one, Revelation 12, one, okay? Then I witnessed in heaven an event of great significance. I saw a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon beneath her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and she cried out because of her labor pains and the agony of giving birth. Verse three. Then I witnessed in heaven another significant event. I saw a large red dragon with seven heads and ten horns. That's kind of scary, isn't it? With seven crowns on his heads. Verse four. His tail swept away one third of the stars in the sky and he threw them to the earth. He stood in front of the woman as she was about to give birth, ready to devour her baby as soon as it was born. Verse five, gave birth to a son who was to rule all nations with an iron rod. And her child was snatched away from the dragon and was caught up to God and to his throne. Now, we know that this is talking about the birth of Christ. And this woman it appears to be Mary, but actually it's the nation of Israel. And so we know that Jesus Christ 
He came through the nation of Israel. He was Jewish. Okay. And he came and he was born. And we can see all that happened in the spirit realm because we can see how the enemy, the devil himself, immediately went after Jesus. And I think most of you guys know the story about uh, after Jesus was uh, started his ministry, some of the things he encountered, especially his passion or the time of his crucifixion. Now go with me, please, to Matthew. Go with me, please, to Matthew. And we're going to look at Matthew, one of Jesus' disciples, and his recording of Jesus' birth. Okay, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18, and we're going to read all the way to 25, okay? Matthew 1, this is the New Testament. Verse 1 says, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, remember, 700 years prior, this had been prophesied, this would occur. She became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, notice something about the Holy Spirit. Whenever the Holy Spirit will come upon something, there's a shift, there's a change. Uh, the Holy Spirit is able to move beyond uh, uh, matter and uh, atoms and molecules. It's just amazing. Remember, uh, in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, when the earth was dark and void and without form, how it was the Holy Spirit that moved upon the face of the deep and it, and it enabled the earth to be inhabited. And I love that about the Holy Spirit. And that's one of the reasons I, I encourage people to pray and ask the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit and so that you can experience all the power that is available through the Holy Spirit. You will be amazed. Verse 19, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. And I can understand Joseph's heart. You know, if my wife came to me and told me she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit, you know, I would be a little suspect, too. But the thing I love about Joseph, even though this is embarrassing and maybe he thought Mary was, you know, uh, kind of off a rocker or something or just just what was going on. He decided to still to maintain his integrity. And that's something I pray with us just as Christians and believers that even during this season, if someone offends you, someone hurts you um, uh, or something, somebody is just acting foul that you would maintain your integrity and remember that you're representing the kingdom of God. Verse 20, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. I tell you, boy, some of the things that God will ask us to do, and it will seem impossible. But the thing that all of you already know is that so many of us have benefited from Joseph's obedience. Sometimes God is going to ask you to do the impossible. Sometimes you're going to be stretched beyond measure. Sometimes it's going to be like it's unfair. You're going to feel underpaid. You're going to feel um, uh, neglected, overlooked, uh, unappreciated, you know. And But God is asking you to step up because on the other side of your obedience, there are people. There are people waiting for you. There are people waiting for you. I'm so glad that my wife and I, that we, just, that, you know, we both agreed to go ahead and start this church. You know, when God called us, because in this calling, there have been so many people that we've met in this local city, in our city of Corona, people we did not know at first. In fact, when we started this church, we only knew two families, no, three, three couples uh, in, in the city of Corona. <laughs> and now we have a church here. We have a couple of services and now we have churches all over the world. And so obedience is so important. And you may not be a pastor, you may not be a bishop and all of that, and you may never be called to full-time ministry. But whatever you are called to, please, please maintain your integrity. Do not, um, do not waver. Trust God and lean not to your own understanding. Amen? Again, verse 20, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. 
Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's so powerful. 21. And she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And that's basically what Jesus, uh, his, his name means in original Hebrew language is that the Lord saves. Jesus means, and I know some of you say Yeshua, and that's, that's fine. It means save. It, it's the same name as Joshua, okay? But what it means is sal basically salvation, salvation. 22, all of this occurred to, to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. And this is Isaiah. Look at verse 23. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. <laughs> she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And so here, Matthew, a Jewish man, he understood, understood the prophetic word that was given seven years ago. Jesus had enlightened him that what was spoken of in Isaiah, it was spoken of about me. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Wow, that obedience. And here we are today because of Joseph's obedience, Mary's willingness to obey also. Here we are, safe people. Hallelujah. 25, but he did not have sexual relations with her until, say until, no, really, I want you to say until, no, I'm looking at you, say until, <laughs> no, I can't see you, but I want you to see this as a very powerful word, until her son was born, meaning she is no longer a virgin, okay, and I'll let, just let that settle in there for a bit, okay, and Joseph obediently named him Jesus, what do you know? Well, here we are uh, with the prophecy fulfilled. And so she's pregnant and, and he's going to move forward with taking her as his wife. So let's go to that old holy night. So go with me, please, to Luke chapter two, Luke chapter two. We're going to begin in verse eight. Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Luke, the third um, of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke and John of the Gospels. Gospel means good news. And that's the, uh, the story of Jesus Christ. There are four books in the Bible dedicated specifically to Jesus's ministry here on this earth. So Luke chapter two, verse eight, that night, that holy night, hallelujah, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. You know, my wife, Jack and I, we've led teams to Israel and we've had a chance to go right where this took place. And it's so heartfelt to see and, and better understand the shepherds. And, and we've been in the same hills and the same caves where sometimes when the wolves would come, where they would have to hide the sheep. And uh, it's, it's such a blessing. So if you ever get a chance to visit Israel, I know there are things going on there now. Uh, maybe it's not so safe as you would feel comfortable. But from what I understand, a lot of airlines and just at the beginning of the year, they're getting ready to uh, start visiting there again. So uh, if you ever get a chance, to visit the country of Israel, the nation of Israel, I encourage you. It will deepen your relationship with the Lord to better understand uh, all the things in the Bible. It, it's amazing. So verse nine, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. Have you noticed when angels show up, people get afraid? <laughs> That's understandable. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people, to all people. And so we know that uh, in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy, fullness of joy. Verse 11, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. He's talking to the shepherds. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. 
Verse 13, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, verse 14, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Can you imagine the spirit around was so excited about Jesus' birth that all the angelic hosts just begin to sing. That praise is so powerful. And when we read in the book of Revelation, when we all get to heaven, if you think about the worship experiences that you've had on this earth, whether privately, maybe the Holy Spirit has manifested to you, um, and, and that's been amazing, worshiping God. Uh, maybe you've been in a church setting and, and, and it's just been an amazing worship service. I've had a chance to be like in arenas. You know, once I was in Colombia and oh my God, that arena we were in held maybe 20, about 20,000 people. And just the worship was so intense, you know. Uh, my wife and I were in the Philippines once in an arena that held about three or 4,000. Oh my God, that worship was just so amazing. There've been times I was, one time I was at the Honda Center down in Anaheim. And it was a joint, it was a bunch of choirs that come together. I don't know, it was hundreds of people in that choir. I don't know how many, but that worship was amazing. Can you imagine what worship in heaven is going to be like? Not only will it be, we will be there, but all the angels will be worshiping God. I, I, that's just going to be amazing. Let's read verse 14 again. Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Verse 15. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. 16, they hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was a the baby lying in the manger. 17, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. I want to read verse 17 again. I'm going to close with this. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened. It's been my experience when you have really seen the Lord, whether physically or whether he's manifested himself in your heart, and you know that you know that you know that Jesus is real, that he came to save you. He came to save all of us. You can help but tell others about it. You know, recently the, the Las Vegas Raiders won a game. They scored 63 points, and that's all everyone is talking about. When you're really excited about something, you're going to share it with others. You're going to share it with others. And in verse 17, we see this. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone. And in society, the shepherds, that wasn't like a noble profession. They weren't really looked highly upon. They weren't thought of favorably. They weren't government employees. They were not rich people. They were taking care of some smelly sheep. But Jesus had manifested himself. And, and my desire for you is going into 2024 is that you would tell more and more people about our Lord and Savior. The shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. Tell others what Jesus has done for you. Tell others how Jesus has saved you. Tell others how Jesus is keeping you. Tell others about why you are able to maintain peace and others, you know, they struggle in certain situations. Maybe, you know, with the economy, with gas prices rising uh, higher. And oh my God, uh, my wife and uh, myself, our grocery bill is sky high, <laughs> okay? But tell others how you are able to maintain. Tell others how you were able to pray your child, your wayward child back home, okay? Let others know about that. And verse 18, all who heard the shepherd's stories were astonished. And so let's go and astonish people by telling them about the goodness of God. He said, well, Bishop Tony, what happened to the wise men in this story? What well, if you read closely, the wise men didn't show up until Jesus was about two years old. 
Yeah, but maybe I'll deal with that next. I'll share more about that uh, next year, okay? But remember, I want to close with this. For every prophecy that talked about his first coming, there are eight prophecies that talk about his second coming. And so my question to you, will you be ready when he comes again? Will you be ready when he comes again? If you don't know him, do me a favor right where you are, okay? Bow your head, please, and repeat and, and listen to this prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I lift up my brothers and my sisters, those that don't know you, dear Lord God. And Father, their, their hearts are being tugged right now. And Father, you're manifesting yourself to them. I pray for their salvation. I thank you, Heavenly Father. You have called them here to watch this video for such a time as this, dear Lord God. That they are certain, dear Lord God, they're certain that they want you, that they need you in Jesus' name. Now, you all that, um, have, um, that have this tug, this desire in your heart right now to know him, I want you to follow me in this prayer, okay? Just simply repeat after me. Say, dear God, I come before you recognizing that I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe in my heart that he came and that he died and that he rose again. And I believe in my heart and I'm confessing with my mouth. And the Bible says, if I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth, that I will be saved. So I thank you, Father, for saving me by sending your son to die for me and to cover all of my sins. Thank you, Father, that I am now a child of God. Thank you, Father, for receiving me into your kingdom. My brother, my sister, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, and maybe you prayed it before, but this time it was sincere, I want to hear from you. Can you please text us at 94000? Text New Day Connect, one word, at 94000, And just let us know that you receive Christ. One of our amazing ministers will get back with you. So I want to say this to all of you. Jack and I love you dearly. We're excited about 2024. It's going to be the most amazing time in our ministry history. And so we would love for you to be a part of that. So continue to pray for us as we continue to pray for you. Merry Christmas. God bless you. We love you. Thanks so much for joining us. We pray that you were blessed by today's message. To learn more about New Day Christian Fellowship Church in Corona, California, visit our website at www.newdaycorona.org.